0: Hi, this is Jack Hughes from Wang Chung, and you're listening to Stuck in the 80s.
1: Travel back in time to the 80s, reliving the laughter. <laughs> the heroes. Pick up your phone
0: and call the professionals. Go, Ghostbusters.
1: Ghostbusters. And the honesty. What's up, man? My
2: nipples. It's freezing out there.
1: <laughs> because just like you, we're
2: stuck in the 80s. Sure, it's not
0: 1985 right now. But who knows what tomorrow will bring?
1: Hey, hey, welcome to Stuck in the 80s. It's your host, Steve Spears with Bay.com, And today, our tribute to Wang Chung featuring an interview with Jack Hughes.
0: Take your baby by the hand.
1: With me, as always, grinning like an idiot in the other room, <laughs> Time's pop music critic Sean Dale.
2: I'm happy to be here, baby. I love it. I love the Wang Chung, a great Florida band. You shit it! Ow!
1: Great Florida band. Where are they from? England, my friend. Are they? I had no idea. Yeah, they formed in the London area. Actually, Wang Chung uh, is starring on the Regeneration Tour this summer. You'll be going in Chicago. Chicago, June 26th, with Vegas Girlfriend and Cylon and Bass Note.
2: They're going to kill it in Chicago. Who's on that bill? You got got the Chung. Berlin. Love Terry Nunn. Yeah, Um, who else? Cutting Crew. I just... In your arms tonight,
1: And the headliner. It must
2: have been something you ate.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. ABC is the headliner.
2: Oh, you love ABC. Uh, Martin Fry will probably invite you backstage. He will. Spizzy, my good man. Uh, I have no idea what kind of accent that was. But Wang Chung, (laughs) so I don't know what I was doing this week, but uh, I couldn't uh, join you for this interview. And interviews are always better when I'm not around because it's not the Sean show. You focus on the material. Yes. And you talk to Jack Hughes, a great British man who runs Wang Chung. Is Wang Chung, they're obviously still together. Have they, have they reunited for this
1: tour? Yeah. This is, this, Wang Chung got started back in the late 70s. He met up with uh, Nick Feldman, who, and the two of them have always formed the core of Wang Chung. But they went through a couple uh, you know, versions before they became Wang Chung. They, they formed a band called uh, The Intellectuals for a while. That's great. Late <laughs> hey, 70s. Just,
2: the intellectuals, yeah, I mean, they rock.
1: The, yeah. Um, then it became uh, 57 Men. I rented that once. Not what I thought it was going
2: to be. Very
1: awkward. Are either of you uh, homosexuals? No, we're not homosexual, but we are willing to learn. Of course, that band breaks up since, and uh, some of the members go on to form Bow Wow Wow. Oh, I, I did not know that. Another member goes on to form Heaven 17.
2: I just died in you. Oh, sorry.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay. And uh, Nick and uh, Jack stick around. Nick and
2: Jack, solving crimes, Wang and Chung.
1: Yeah. Formed the band Wang Chung, thus subjecting themselves to 30 years of the question, what does Wang Chung mean? I have no idea. Did you find out? Did you I, unearth the mystery? I knew ahead of time what it meant. Because you do your research. Yeah. And so and I tell him, you'll hear me say it. I'm not going to ask you. And um, wow, the, you sucked us one right away. Oh yeah, there's lots of sucking. I want you to be the 58th man. <laughs> <laughs> Wang Chung, technically, uh, literally translated, means yellow bell. Yellow but, bell. Yeah, but technically, what they what they were going for was uh, the, the sound. There's two things it could mean. A, it could mean a perfect pitch. Ooh. Or, as they have said on occasion, it's the sound that guitar makes when you strum it. You know, Wang Chung.
2: <laughs> oh, you were so like cute, and earnest right there,
1: Wang Chung.
2: That should be people's like
1: ringtone. You saying Wang Chung? <laughs> okay, Davey, Wang Chung. Uh, and,
2: uh, well, excellent. And you didn't ask him about it.
1: No, I, I will ask him an interesting question. I ask him you know, thirty years later, after all these questions, do you regret? Naming yeah. your band Wang Chung, and you'll hear his answer.
2: How uh, how was he to talk to you Great guys? Great guy. yeah. Yeah, I mean, where he, would you put this in our pantheon of interviews? Where you know, would you he's rank he's him?
1: not like he's not like rowdy, crazy Brian Johnson, sure, and he's not Tom like,
2: Wopat, but he's not Wopat. He's
1: not Wopat. He's he's not flirtatious like uh, Martha Quinn, which was Ooh, good. Ooh, yeah. And um, but he but he really is passionate about music. He's a classically trained musician. Uh, he went. I mean, that's what he studied in, in college. He did really.
2: Um, I really like Wang Chung. It, you, you gave me the, uh, the, I mean, very obviously steeped in the 80s, you know, a, a time travel Wang Chung. But To Live and Die in L.A., one of my most listened to iPod songs. Right. I love that song. But you and I fight about that because I think it's amazing. You say it's not even the best Wang Chung not song even the best on the To Live and yeah. Die in L.A. Do you guys talk about that movie?
1: We talk about that movie a lot. Um, Wang Chung would not survive the 80s. They broke up like in 89. Yeah, and uh, they, they kind of had a few reunion tours over the years. Nick went and did other music projects. Jack did a lot of soundtrack work, and we'll hear him talk about soundtracks. He uh, Wayne Chung's in uh, Breakfast Club, for instance. You'll hear the song later on, which one. And um, got back together in 2005 to appear on the reality show Baby Hit Me One More Time.
2: What'd they do on that?
1: Everybody uh, have, have fun, fun tonight. tonight? Yeah. And a cover of Nelly's uh, It's Hot in Here. Really? Yeah, and you'll hear a bit of that.
2: That, oh really? Yep. Oh, that's fun. You found that? Yep, that sounds good. Yeah, they have a sense of humor about them. Yeah. When you're named Wang Chung, you gotta, you know, be nah. puckish, whimsical, even. <laughs> I'm really excited about this. You have set up this interview so well. I'm pumped to hear it. Let me take my pants off, get comfortable, and listen to you interview Jack Hughes from Wang Chung.
1: Jack Hughes of Wang Chung. Welcome to Stuck in the 80s. Hi,
0: Steve. How are you?
1: Great. Uh, really excited to talk to you today. I've been a, I've been a huge fan ever since uh, Points on the Curve album. Oh, cool. Great. You know, Wang Chung's coming to uh, the U.S. to be on the uh, Regeneration tour. Uh, yeah, yeah, Starts in Boston on June 17th and wraps up in Atlanta. Have you Have you worked before with some of the other bands on the bill, like ABC and Cutting Crew? Um,
0: no, not those guys. Uh, Berlin, I've done a couple of gigs with, but that was quite a while ago, back in 2000, I think.
1: How long has it been since uh, you've done like a, a fairly long uh, tour of the U.S.?
0: Well, I did one back in 2000. It was just me, though, with an American band, uh, just like, doing a bunch of some of the older stuff and some new songs that I'd written at that point. Uh, but this is the first time that Nick and I have been out since, well, really since sort of 1987, 1988, something like that.
1: So it's like the Mosaic album days. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, big yeah. tour, big tour. I don't want to put any pressure on you, but uh, the main reason that I'm flying up to Chicago to see this show is because of Wang Chung. Okay, <laughs> that's very nice of you to say. Um, and I want to put your mind at ease right now. I swear to God, I am not going to ask you today about the meaning of your band's name. Good, good. <laughs> I, you've answered that a million times, but but I do kind of want to ask this. I mean, you, I mean, you've been asked that question for like 30 years now, and yeah. has there ever been a time where you said, you know, maybe I should have picked a different name?
0: having a sort of foreign-sounding name uh, just leads everybody onto that question. But on the other hand, uh, I think in the States, for whatever reason, it's kind of uh, got a certain catchy resonance thing, and, um, you know, obviously it's been used in all kinds of uh, uh, sort of great situations, and I'm thinking of the episode of Cheers where Frazier comes screaming into the bar <laughs> talking about Wang Chung and... Uh, I think we've been mentioning the Simpsons and, you know, there's even greetings cards about Wang Chung and stuff. So uh, I guess I'm looking forward to actually getting in the dictionary with the name. That'll be cool. <laughs> God knows what they're going to put as a definition.
1: but <laughs> it's, it's kind of hard to imagine, like you said, that, you know, so many years later, you know, that the phrase like everybody Wang Chung tonight is sort of like a catchphrase of the 80s. It
0: kind of is. Yeah. Yeah. And really, that was just, uh, you know, I'm. Um, about this, you know, the, uh, originally that song, Everybody Have Fun Tonight, um, <clears throat> was, you know, Nick, Nick came up with this sort of kind of chorus idea, you know, and I really loved it, but I, I heard it as very sort of ironic, <laughs> in a way, and, and I wrote this song, uh, which actually was uh, used on one of our greatest hits records, uh, the, the demo of Everybody Have Fun Tonight, and if you listen to that, it's really quite a sort of slow, slightly... I, I guess the atmosphere is a bit like Hey Jude, so slightly melancholy, and Hey Jude is probably like my favourite single ever, you know, so every time I'm writing in that sort of direction you know, it has the long outro and all of that stuff, uh, but I had that line of Everybody Wang Chung tonight, it just doesn't add lib in there, you know, but when we started working with Peter Wolfe, who produced Mosaic, uh, he was just really into that line, I said, no, you've got to incorporate that into the chorus, you know, and... uh so I just kind of thought, oh, God, you know, this is not what I meant at all. But, of course, all those reservations seem a bit kind of precious now. And uh, I, I'm kind of glad we went the way we did with it, you know. <laughs> yeah.
1: Now, you mentioned the Beatles. and I have to ask, because, I mean, you're really probably the first um, musician of the 80s that I've ever talked to who has a classical music education.
0: I think that sort of, uh, well, probably came out of listening to the Beatles as a kid, really, you know, because I think they, they do. You back to the music all the time, you know, um, and uh, and I had sort of uh, guitar lessons as a kid. You know, I mean, I'm not classically trained in the sense that you know I, I had classical lessons from a really young age and stuff. But I did get to learn to read music and stuff. And I guess uh, when I was uh, when I left school at 18, uh, I wanted to go to university and decided to do music at university, uh, and that's where the proper sort of classical stuff kicked in, I suppose but my sense was that uh, a lot of the kids that, that I was at university with you know, had been brought up with the classical training and were consequently fairly bored with classical music, actually, whereas for me it was a completely new continent, you know, and, and I loved that three, four years that I was there uh, listening to, to all this stuff because, you know, like Mozart's 40th Symphony and the Schubert string quintet and all these pieces that most people were utterly bored by were, well, for me, like really new experiences, and uh, it
1: was fabulous. The um, of course, then in the in the seventies, especially the late seventies, you know, punk rock and glam rock sort of, you know, takes front stage. I mean, that, that mixing with your studies must have, you know, mm-hmm. cre- created the sound that we kind of know today.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think by the time I finished it, uh, like at the Royal College of Music in London, uh, I, I was a bit disillusioned with the like, how inward-looking classical music is, you know, and uh, and that sort of that was like the sort of summer of. Uh, Seventy-seven, I suppose, that I left there, and that did coincide with the rise of punk and the Sex Pistols, and, uh, and and I found that really stimulating, you know. And it was probably that, and probably a couple of Bowie albums from that time were the things that really turned me back towards pop music and and trying always trying to create this sort of hybrid, in a sense of uh, uh, you know uh, slightly sort of extended forms. I, I guess, you know, I mean, with, with Wang Chung, it, it, it is pretty. Out pop a lot of it but I think on To Live and Die in LA where we did the soundtrack stuff I got to stretch out a bit there and uh, with some of the songs that we're doing for the Regeneration tour we've kind of uh, stretched them out a bit as well and we've got a fabulous band so uh, there should be some quite nice playing for anybody who's, <laughs> who's interested in that as well as just hearing the old hits you know
1: yeah I, you mentioned soundtracks and, I, and I was, that was my next question um, oh great the, um, in early 1985 um, before a lot of people really knew who director John Hughes was, Uh, Wang Chung appears on the soundtrack to The Breakfast Club with the song Fire in the Twilight. write that specifically for the movie
0: yeah it was um i think uh it was a guy called keith forsey who was sort of in charge of that project and uh he, he wanted to sort of write with us and wanted to write you know specifically for the movie and uh, i think he was involved in quite a lot of the songs in the movie and he was like the producer and uh we had one of those great rock and roll times with him you know because he was Billy idol's drummer i think at that time and uh you know he was really um uh, you know, living the life. <laughs> so we got a little taste of that with him, which was fabulous. You know? yeah.
1: um, 85 was also, of course, the big year for uh, To Live and Die in L.A. How did you get yeah. involved in that project?
0: Well, uh, literally through contact with uh, Bill Freakin', Um He had heard points on the curve, you know, at that time. Uh, he was... Uh, a director who was really into music I mean I think that comes through in all of his movies uh, but he would keep his ear to the ground all the time and uh, for whatever reason he got to hear Points on the Curve and particularly loved a tune called Wait on Points on the Curve It's So he loved the, the tempo of that uh, and the kind of drama of it and he was using it as a temp track in his rushes of the film I'm waiting for you But you very light. I know you're going anyway, And I can only wait. Essentially, I think he probably tried somebody to sort of do the score to live and die, um, yeah, uh, and then just. Wasn't happy with it, so he phoned, uh, phoned me up, I got this call, I was at a friend's house in, in in London, quite a sort of, I don't know how he found out that that's where I was, but I, you know, this guy's a friend of mine, his phone rang and there was a voice on the end saying, we've got a call from Los Angeles, Mr. William Freakin, would like to speak to Jack Hughes? So I took this call in this friend's flat, you know, and uh, Billy just sort of talked about what he was doing in the movie and said... Would we be interested in doing it? And, and basically, could we do this score in like 10 days? Because <laughs> I, <think. laughs> I guess he's probably fired whoever else was doing it and was up against it. Uh, and I just sort of said yes to that, because you just don't say, we don't think about an offer like that. And Nick and I just went straight in the studio and, um, and laid down stuff. And we did all that without actually seeing the movie at all. In fact, I think probably after day five or something, some some rushes came over to us and Nick looked at them, but I couldn't bear to look at it just in case we were really off course. But just having spoken to Billy about it, I had a strong sense of what he wanted. And uh, so we did all the music uh, without seeing the movie and sent it all off to him. And uh, he phoned back in about a week or so and just said, the music's fantastic. You know, uh, come out to L.A. and have a look. And uh, he flew us out there and we... The, the opening of the movie, which at that time was uh, that, that great bit, you know, with the sort of palm trees swaying in this kind of storm over the, that sort of uh, industrial bit of Los Angeles, you know, and with the, uh, the with the instrumental music playing on it, and uh, I, I just will never forget that. That was one of the, the most thoroughly enjoyable bits of my career, I think, watching the intro to that movie.
1: There's a, there's a rumor out there um, that he specifically asked you or specifically told you not to write a song called yeah, to did. live and die in LA, <laughs> but you did it anyway. Yes, <laughs> I'm
0: quite good at doing that sort of thing. And uh, yeah, no, he, he did, didn't want a song, you know, but um, having seen the movie, I sort of went back to London and I just, it really made such a big impact on me that the the the, the song, the title track just sort of uh, kind of came out really, you know, so we recorded it and sent it over to him and, um, and he kind of loved the song and then completely alter the beginning of the movie to kind of include that song, right? So, um, you know, it just uh, was a, a great bit of chemistry with working with him, actually. Um, and, uh, and, of course, it was a great intro into the movie business because when you're working with a director, you, you really are hands-on, if you know what I mean, and, and it, it's completely clear where you're going with everything. Whereas uh, in subsequent projects to that, you know, where I was working for more, where there were more people in the food chain, if you like, you know, I found it yeah. But working with Billy was always a real pleasure and he was uh, treated us really well and you know, he's a very articulate and intelligent person and you know, um you you learn a lot of stuff from him and, uh, yeah. and we're we're still in contact actually. I, I spoke to him last week and uh you know he's, uh, he's doing a lot of work directing opera at the moment, which is sort of fascinating, you know, and uh, so we're hoping to get to, to see some of his work in that direction
1: next year. That's great. I know a lot of people when they talk about that movie it's been you know, it's been out for almost twenty five years now. Right when they remember it, uh, they remember the music more than the movie. Hmm.
0: Uh, yeah. Well, I mean...
1: I mean, it's a great movie, but I mean, yeah. I mean, when when you say to live and die in L.A., I mean, the first thing that comes to, to most uh, minds of people I talk to is the be- the very beginning notes uh, of the title track. I mean, yeah, it's, it's so yeah. iconic. Yeah. No, I think
0: it, it, it does make a big statement, that, you know. It was interesting, a couple of years ago, I went to... Um, I got this uh, lovely request to write something about the music in Freakin's films sort of generally for a retrospective that was being held in Turin in uh, Torino in Italy and so I wrote this little piece about the music and, uh, and Bill phoned me up and said I've oh, seen the piece it's amazing why don't you come to the festival and, and hang out so so we did that so um, that was the last time I spent a big chunk of time with him we had a sort of week at this film festival but it was very interesting uh having these uh, sort of italian film people you know chatting with him and, uh, and to uh an LA they they use that i mean they say they do and i'm sure they do uh use it you know in the film schools over there because it's such an unusual um sort of vision of los angeles you know that you get in that movie and it is shot absolutely beautifully you know um i can't remember the name of the cameraman now that he used on that movie but it was a guy that had worked with uh, Bergman on, on some stuff oh and, yeah um, yeah it's it was the a... most extraordinary looking film and when I spoke to Billy last week he said they've just released it on uh, or they've just uh, completed remastering it for blu-ray and he said it looks and sounds better than ever so uh, so that's
1: very cool I think yeah the um I mean, it's kind of odd that I mean points in the curve is to me um the entry point for you guys and it's your uh-huh. sec- it's your second album but I mean literally I mean I mean it also spawns Dance Hall Days, which of course became a big MTV hit. Yeah. Um how much how much of a impact did MTV had on, have on the band in the early days?
0: Well, uh, I think we weren't really or speaking personally, you know, I, I didn't really understand how massive MTV was going to be in its impact on the music business and on the way people sort of consumed music, if you like. So I think certainly the fact that Wang Chung videos were in heavy rotation on, in the very first years of MTV uh, is a large reason why uh, Wang Chung are, are well known in, in the US and far less known in the UK uh, because obviously MTV didn't arrive here until a good four or five years later, I don't think. So MTV, uh, you know, much as I kind of feel in a way, it was the beginning of the end of the music business. Uh, I don't want to bite the hand that still feeds me in many ways, you know. Um, and, and certainly it was, uh, for us, it was the most amazing way of projecting the music into into people's
1: It's it sort of really it really helped a lot too with the with the single Everybody Have Fun Tonight. course um, you know after that after mosaic comes um the warmer side of cool mm. it, was there a lot of pressure on you when you were making that album to like replicate the success of mosaic
0: yeah um i guess there was an expectation you know to sort of deliver another hit and uh, i think uh, i in particular was really resisted that <laughs> pressure and uh sort of wanted wanted to make a
1: Fast forward to 2005 for a second. Um, yeah. the TV show, the reality TV show, uh, "Hit Me, Baby, One More Time," came to you guys and uh, yeah. asked you to reunite. What was that like? That
0: was funny, you know. Uh, you know, the request comes through, on and obviously, you know, uh, Nick at that time was still, I think, working, you know, in A and R uh, when there was a music business, you know. Uh, and uh, I was uh, doing all the stuff I do, you know, and um, so that this sort of request comes through. Um, um, I'm sure we'll think of something. And I actually uh, remember having a conversation with Chris Hughes, who's a good friend of mine and who produced Dance All Days and Points on the Curve, you know. And uh, I read out this list of songs that they suggested that we might want to do as the cover, you know. And he immediately said, do hot in here, you know. And I was like, are you mad? <laughs> he was like, no, hot in here, you'll sing it great. You know what I mean, that'll be brilliant. So I kind of did this uh, little demo here at home, uh, which sort of became the basis, really, of the final track that we did. And, uh, and Nick was into it, and they loved it on the show. And it's become this slightly weird little uh, cult thing, you know.
2: It's hot in here, so take off all your clothes.
1: Rumor has it that there's a new album in the works. What's the, st- yeah. What's the yeah. status? Yeah,
0: I mean, I, I write all the time. I mean, over the last couple of years, uh, I've been working more with with sort of jazz musicians uh, here in Canterbury and and in London as well. And I've released a couple of uh, sort of what to call them jazz records is probably not quite the quartet accurate. The quartet, yeah. Yeah. It's a sort of hybrid thing, you know, and it's something. The albums I've done with Chris Hughes, uh, and uh, and I'm very proud of them. I love them actually. I think they're a really interesting hybrid of sort of jazz and sort of prog, <laughs> I suppose, and a bit of classical stuff thrown in in places as well. You know, um, but alongside of that as well, you know, songs come out here and there, and uh, and the new Wang Chung album is really just uh, uh, a sense of selecting the best songs that I've written and and, uh, and the best of the songs that Nick has been doing recently as well, and and trying to put something out there that's new. And I think uh, it's, a, it's got some really great. Quality work on it. Actually, some of their best work, I think.
1: Um, will we hear any of them on the uh, regeneration tour?
0: Yeah, we've uh, rehearsed up one of the tunes. Uh, we have limited time on the tour, obviously, so um, we'll have to sort of see how things go. But uh, but I certainly love to be doing this new tune
1: on the tour. What uh, which of your hits are not going to make the cut on the uh, regeneration tour for the set list?
0: Yes, I guess hypnotize me isn't on the set. Oh come on, Jack! Come yeah, on, yeah. please,
1: please.
0: It's very high. And <laughs> it's I... Very high to seeing it.
1: I mean, no, that's one of my we, I'm, I'm building a uh, I'm p- going to put a top five list of uh, Wang Chung songs after the interview on the podcast and I'm thinking about putting Hypnotize Me at number two okay
0: <laughs> <laughs> you might want to move it to number four or something you know?
1: <laughs> uh, that's a great but, one uh,
0: but most of the other hits are there uh, we're going to do to live and die but we're going to do it in a sort of like stripped down acoustic kind of version uh, which is kind of nice uh, I think hear that song maybe in a slightly different way you know but uh, but everything else is pretty much uh just you know ho- hopefully like a really good presentation of that, of those old, old tunes uh plus, uh plus one of the new ones
1: I can't wait to see it I'm really looking forward to the show in Chicago
0: great yeah I, I you know if you have spoken to me a couple of weeks ago before i'd rehearsed with the band i'd have been a, a little more cautious i think but uh but it is a rocking band and great people you know so i think you'll see us having a great time and hopefully you guys will have a great time too
2: Great job, my friend. Very Thanks. nice. You are like the M- Mike Wallace of 80s stuck uh, interviewers.
1: I- I'm more like the Wallace and Gromit of uh, <laughs> oh, interviewing. No.
2: Ah, you sell yourself short, my friend. No, and I'll tell you right now. I prefer Wang Chung's version of Hot in Here to Nelly's.
0: Wall I'm sweating. It's up in this joint. Focal call on at this point. You're with a winner, so maybe you can't lose. I got secrets, can't leave, can to
2: get it off like you home alone. Yeah, your while you're on the phone. Checking your reflection and telling your best friend, like, girl, I think my butt's
1: getting big. Really good
2: view. I mean, I, I'm glad they do that. It's a fun version.
1: Yeah. You know, he teaches a songwriting class in uh, Canterbury where he lives, and his kids love that version of It's I High bet. Here.
2: Yeah, their teacher's cool. He's yeah, fun. Yeah. Well, you did a great, great job. And now to reward you for such a good job, a little thing called The Segments.
1: Ah, the mystical refrain of Reader Mailbag. Hey, Sean Daly has picked out three. He wouldn't show them to me, but I have faith faith that he will not burn me.
2: I have uh, pillaged the uh, Stuck in the 80s email account, and I found three delightful letters. What else did you find in the email account? I don't want to know. 57 men. That's all (laughs) I'll say. Yes, our first one comes from Lisa in Hooks, Texas. Hooks. H-O-O-K-S. I've never heard of it. such a place. Oh, yeah. Dear Sean and Steve, I am a new listener. I've been listening to your podcast for a couple of weeks now and have gone back and listened to a handful of the previous shows. The two of you are great, and you help prove that it is okay to love the 80s. Many of my friends have thought I was crazy for my deep love of that decade, which makes me wonder why I'm still friends with these people. But listening to your podcast has only proven how much more that the 80s do, in fact, rock. I'm not crazy. That was my little ad lib. I put that in there. <laughs> That's nice. I love listening to the trivia and facts and just great stuff y'all talk about. You guys definitely keep me laughing. Especially you, Sean. No offense, Steve. I love you, too. Greatest letter in Stuck in the... Let's read that again, okay? You guys definitely keep me laughing. Especially you, Sean. No offense, Steve. 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 I love you too. Anyways, I just want to say hey and say how much I love you guys. Keep up the good work and thanks for keeping me firmly stuck in the '80s. Lisa Hooks, Texas. Texas. Dead. No, come on. No, I do my, you it. know what? You know you put me in my little monkey outfit. Do the dance. You are like. What do people say? You're the chocolate. I'm the nuts. <laughs> I'm the genitals. <laughs> <laughs> really, everyone loves you. you. Like 98%. I got Lisa and Hook, I got a fan in Hooks, Texas. So why I make her laugh? You should celebrate that, Steve. Ha ha, very funny, motherfucker.
1: Can't get any worse, right? It gets worse. Because right now, right now, you've got an email <laughs> saying how much someone loves me, right? Yeah, God. Th- this next one,
2: <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, gird yourself. <laughs> girdle yourself. This next one's from Steve Schlesinger. Steve Schlesinger. Steve! Not, I'm not even the equation on this one. See, that's good. The, the Schlesch, he doesn't even care about me. When I come on the show, he turns it down. Steve, I thought I knew the 80s, but I guess they must have spent those 10 years somewhere else. First, the greatest American hero? Dude, it was on for like two or three seasons. Dude, we didn't have cable in the 80s, so the network is where I lived. With that being said, I've never even heard of that show. Huh? With that being said, I've never even heard of that show. Wow. I don't remember promos. I don't remember anybody talking about Greatest American Hero. And dude, I was in high school at the time. This guy hates you. The slash hates you. I'm glad it gets he didn't better. mention it gets, me up top. It gets
1: better in this next paragraph, right?
2: And this week's mystery movie? Never heard of that one either. Was it straight to VHS and beta? Yeah, I googled it. I Googled it. The five other guys who saw that movie can't remember the lines either. Come on, Z, That is your name. The movie had a gross international profit of $375. Can I give the name of the movie or we're about to, what he's doing? Can yeah. I reveal it? Yeah. This week's mystery movie moment is something called the Whoopi Boys, as we're about to find out. So he's very upset about the Whoopi Boys. I can thankfully say that I never wasted 88 minutes of my watch. Mi- I can I <laughs> I'm so uh, I got so I'm so furious. I'm with you slash I can thankfully say that I never wasted 88 minutes of my life watching this movie. With the help of Google and IMDb, the general line was easy to find. The catch is other people will do the same thing. Hopefully you will believe somebody and move along to better movies. Z. I think there are some 80s porno flicks <laughs> that have been more widely watched with better lines than the Whoopi Boys. May I suggest Bright Lights, Big Titties? Your faithful listener, Steve Schlesinger. Oh, that, that's it. Everybody, you, you know what? That, that letter hurt. brought me angst. Yeah, even that reading hurt. it, it was almost like Schlesinger entered me. <laughs> Wait, <that sounds> really... <laughs> sorry, about, sorry about that. <laughs>
1: Yeah. I was like, I like, got <laughs> stick a spittoon to the window after you read that one. Yeah, he God, a, bad it. things. I think it's time to get rid of Reader Mailbag. What? The hate mail. No. No, I, oh, I can't take it anymore. Because you know
2: what I've done, my friend? You know, I care about you this show. You brought in a, a bullet and a gun? Nah, don't worry about Schlesinger. People love the Whoopi Boys. <laughs> <laughs> like e. It's right there it like E.T. I own it on DVD. I know you do. I don't don't <laughs> advertise that. Anyway, what I've done is i built Reader Email, like I do our friendship, to tear you down... But then build you up again to a bigger, better Steve Spears. Ah! Are you ready for letter
1: number three? Uh, I don't want to hear this, do I?
2: From Maria in Clearwater. Hi, Steve. Again, no Sean Daly. Just Steve this time. But wait, I know you don't know me but if you have no one to go to the Pet Shop Boys concert with, I'll be happy to join you. I've been a Pet Shop Boys fan from the very beginning and have most of their CDs. Sadly, none of my friends are devoted fans as I am, so I really don't have anyone to go with. I know this is an off-the-wall request, but if you're interested, Steve, I would love to join you. Love keeping up with your column. Keep up the great work. Maria in Clearwater. PS. I'm on Facebook. Look at the Spears that I have recreated. Look at you, you're sweating and smiling. Screw Schlesinger. Maria in Clearwater, baby! And I know, I know that you have checked her out on
1: Facebook. Is she hot or not? <laughs> yeah, she's really cute, yeah.
2: Actually I saw a picture too. She is really hot. But hey, you have uh, you know, you have Vegas girlfriends, so uh, you know, forget about but it. Who may
1: not even be coming down to see the show? Call
2: us. Oh really? What'd yeah. she say?
1: It's bad timing for her. It's a middle it's a middle of the week concert. It's they're playing uh, Tampa Performing Arts Center September tenth. Yeah. I've already secured fantastic seats. Will I be reviewing it for the Times? I don't know. You should. And you should.
2: Nobody cares about Pet Shop reader's mailbag was
1: unbelievable. I don't know.
2: Look, we have, look, you and I can double date. I can take Lisa from Hooks, Texas, and you can take Maria in Clearwater, and the four of us will go out. To the Pet Shop Boys concert? No, and we'll go and we'll, like, toilet paper Steve Schlesinger's house. Yeah. Yeah. Slash. Because I'll bring it. No one does that to my friend.
1: Bad move, including your address for the (laughs) Funyuns. You'll be getting no Funyuns.
2: Okay. What do you say? uh, You close up the reader mailbag.
1: Yes. As always, send your emails to com. And uh, seriously, Sean, I'm changing the password.
0: (laughs) What's happening, hot stuff?
1: Uh, By the sound of the gong, it must be time for Mystery Movie Moment, a.k.a. The Steve Schlesinger Memorial uh, yeah, Contest.
2: Man. He was furious.
1: Did you did you provoke him? Did you rattle his? Uh, tiger he answered. Now remember, this is the week where I I had to I ran a movie clip from the same movie, just a different clip because nobody got it right the first time. Well, my problem was this week I ran a clip that appears under memorable lines under imdb.com. So if you Google. The, uh, the line that I used, you will find out what movie it was. Right. And so we had like three or four people who got it right suddenly. And so I was just kidding, Steve. And I said, hey, did you Google it? And just being playful. He unloaded on you. Oh, he unloaded on me.
2: I don't, how do you not see The Greatest American Hero, though? That's kind of weird. That's bizarre. You know, when you think about Schlesinger- It's a major cultural touchstone of the
1: 1980s. major U.S. cultural- <gasps> You know what I'm starting to think? I'm starting to think Schlesinger's a commie. <laughs> you should
2: introduce him to Vegas girlfriend. <laughs> oh, great. <laughs> they can go to a meeting together uh, when, instead of going to the Pet Shop Boys concert.
1: You doesn't have to even call out a different name anymore. That's been so <laughs> nice.
2: That's true. All right, we'll move on. We love all our listeners and we shall move on.
1: Pay attention though. Here was last week's giveaway movie clip. <laughs>
0: Is this bad lady
1: squeezing your genitals? Yes. Ah. Obviously, the Whoopi Boys. <laughs> Paul Rodriguez. And your boy, Michael, Michael O'Keefe. O'Keefe. God, I, can we
2: get an interview with Michael O'Keefe? Yeah, I bet we could. I would spend like 90 minutes just talking about the slugger's wife. I know. And defending it. that great piece of cinema. I love that movie. See, I
1: love this movie.
2: I've got to watch it. Is he funny in it? He's great. Danny Noonan? You, you know the whole idea of it? You know what? Michael O'Keefe, his life is set. He was Danny Noonan. He was in the Great Santini.
1: He was also in. Uh, what else was he in?
2: Whoopi Boys, <laughs> Slugger's Wife, Roseanne. Really? He did Roseanne, yeah, a couple seasons. He's a great actor, O'Keefe. What? He was married to Bonnie Raitt. She wrote. Uh... Oh, maybe she didn't write. I can't make you love me. I don't know. I was going to make up something, but anyway, they were married. I don't think they're together anymore. But uh, i like if I was Michael O'Keefe, I'd be proud of my IMDb page. Yeah.
1: These I love, come over to come over the lair this weekend. We'll watch uh, Whoopi Boys. Oh, and then, 50, and then <laughs> we'll watch 57 Men. <laughs> Unrated version.
2: I'll bring over my, uh, my beta of 57 Men. Yeah,
1: great. And the action figures. Some of the winners this week include Mark Siegel, my old fraternity brother friend in Tampa, uh, Crash from Long Beach, Chris Cooling, and David Featherson in Australia. And of course, Steve Schlesinger.
2: Yeah, are you gonna send them all uh, Funyuns? Right. Hey, uh, you know what? No- S- slushy. Uh,
1: maybe some ET soap. Oh, I've been holding on to it for a long time, but I think that uh, maybe now's the time. Scrub your just- nether regions, yeah, with uh, uh, Elliot. Elliot. Um, you ready for this week?
2: Pay attention. Hold on one second. Can I interrupt you for a second, there, Steve? Steveo, Steve, buddy, Spearsy. Uh, we should thank our uh friend Brad. In Los Angeles for sending us a huge box of Funyuns, two huge
1: boxes, right? Well, now we have one full box. <laughs> <laughs> I was hungry. <laughs> one half empty. Oh, uh, you
2: know what? Screw you! I saw you eating the Brad's Funyuns the other I'm, day. I'm
1: converted now. I like yeah, you the like fun- them? Well, See,
2: once the uh, onion dust settles on your tongue. But yeah, we got to thank Brad. And then somebody else sent us something. A young lass, I believe, sent us some stickers.
1: Oh, Michelle Cunningham. Yeah. Up in Milwaukee, yeah, Michelle Cunningham. Send us. Oh, this is really cool. This is even. This is just as good as the Funyuns, although not edible. Although they're sold. So by I'm going to try to eat one, one I wouldn't be surprised. This is for fun. The um Michelle sent us this huge box. There's got to be like a thousand mini posters in there. That you can fit into a normal envelope. They're like four by six, and they're all these little band posters from the '80s. So there's um a lot of Rush, Michael Jackson, Duran Duran. Uh, AC/DC. ACDC I want that one Spando Ballet as you found out Because I had it plastered to your computer yeah, that, wasn't, in. that wasn't cool So if you win one of these next couple weeks Tell me what do you want Do you want the Funyuns Or do you want the mini poster Why
2: can't you do both Why can't you put Funyuns and a sticker
1: I can do that And a signed glossy of Steve and I with the ET soap?
2: <laughs> <laughs> In strategic places. Yes. Yeah, anyway, so Brad and Michelle. Michelle sent you a very nice card. She's great. She's really reaching out to you. I wasn't mentioned on the card, but I don't
1: want to. I won't go into that now. There was a separate card be, that mentioned you. I won't be petty. Pay attention. Here's this week's mystery clip. I want to be good. Daily. I can't believe you played the theme song from the Whoopi Boys. What are you trying to do? <laughs> I'm trying to taunt Schlesinger. He'll pay. Oh, they all pay. If you know it, email us at com, and those Funyuns are coming at you. Ah, finally, time for Name That 80s Tune. Hey, weekly segment where I play a piece of a song from the 80s, and if you can get it right, mini posters, snack foods, Steve Schlesinger's email address, <laughs> all for the taking. You're warming up. That's yeah, funny. Yeah, finally, all with right. only five minutes left in the show. Pay attention. Here was last week's mystery clip. Yes, that's Computer Love by Kraftwerk.
2: Call this call this
0: For the For the
1: what? No uh, witty uh, retort there, Mr. Daly? I'm zoning out. You're losing me. Nobody won this week. No. Not Wait. a single person won. Three people won. Andy Winkle, Tony Green, and Rush Kress. They love the kraut music of the kraut, 80s. Rock. Actually, Kraut rock.
2: kraut, whatever it is, yeah. I love work.
1: it. Yeah, I was never a big kraut fan. Eh.
2: All right, give another yeah, 80s sure. tune.
1: Pay attention. Here's this week's mystery tune. If you know it, email us at com. And tune in next week to find out if you're a wiener.
0: My name's Craig from uh, Cochrane, New Hampshire. And I'm just kind of wondering why you guys haven't done something for uh, The Sure Thing, the uh, great 1985 uh, film. I think you guys would uh, do an excellent show on that. Uh, take care. Hope you hear something about it. Bye.
1: I love the sure thing. That's a great request.
2: Yes, we'll put it on the list, right? And we'll do that right after our Devo show.
1: <laughs> Don't even bring that up. I got a special treat for you before the show ends. Are you ready for it? Yes, I love treats. Top five Wang Chung songs all time.
2: Out of a possible six. Hey, I'll have you know that... I'll
1: always be the Bud Abbott to Lou Costello.
2: I, 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 I. All right. That's so sad. Let me hear. I, you know what? I'll tell you one thing. My favorite better be number one, or I'm going to throw a Wang Chung <laughs> ass-beaten.
1: <laughs> Actually, I had a hard time getting it down to uh, just five. I had Miguel from Portugal, our Portuguese uh, correspondent, help me. We never heard it down. of
2: him. Miguel, never heard of him. His uh, messages to me on my blog have been very cryptic. <laughs> Bizarre. He's trying to get inside my head like Hannibal Lecter. Great. Miguel must be stopped. Okay, here you go. Ready? Yes, make it very dramatic, though.
0: Number five.
2: Oh, oh if you need me, don't let go. <laughs> you know on
1: oh, oh, if you need me, don't let go. <laughs> you know, on Don't let go. What is the number? I five. like you know what
2: I know. I, I heard this uh, on your CD yesterday. I like this. Don't let go. It's a good song. I was doing a little seat shimmy.
1: 1984, number one on the U.S. dance charts. Back when people used to dance to good music, I should say. Not this crap that you review every week. Dude, I'm all over the Not place. Not this Lady Gaga crap. You know, F you. I, I bashed her in the paper. Bashed her. Oh, you know, oh, you know who I'm thinking about? Our other friend. The one doesn't do the show with us anymore because she's too Steph busy. Hayes.
2: Steph Hayes loves Lady Gaga.
1: Yeah, Gaga forever. She's got a tattoo.
2: I'm furious with Hayes. She was on TV the other day bashing me on TV. All right. Don't let go at number five. Very controversial. A lot of people saw that one at number four. <laughs> but you put it at five. Okay. Carry on, ladies, man. Yes. Here we go. Number four. When I you and
0: everyone
1: when you
2: believe do
1: sharing what was true I dance hall days love dance hall days <laughs> <laughs> hey, that was a, i love dance hall days. it's now, sacred I to see me you
2: have a note here on the show notes it says number one on the dance chart yes there's there's nothing to dance to it's like barely mid-tempo in the
1: 80s we danced to dance hall days I don't know what you were doing. You I sound like
2: Paul Schaefer when you said that. Laundering, you, you
1: know, waiting for your mom to launder another set of pajamas so you could watch uh, <laughs> Fallon. I was out dancing. I was out <laughs> oh, mingling. Nice I was Lord. out wearing my nice little trench coat with my little fake hair color. My little
2: wait, it, wait, you're saying you did do that? Yes. You had fake hair color?
1: It's like a little green stripe right in the middle like a gremlin. It was fun. We had a good time issues. in these. That, we missed All right. Get, we, this is like, you know what, Sean? Oh my
2: God. I feel like we're doing the top 50 Wang Chung songs. Can we speed this crap up? We really Even m- Jack Hughes stopped listening. Number
0: three. Evidently, there's a difficulty. I know you can find And I can hardly wait. I can hardly
1: wait. Wait! Oh my God! From "Points on the Curve," oh. which I say is the better song on the "To Live and Die in L.A." soundtrack. You say it's better than "To Live and Die in uh, L.A." I, I, I just, you know what? And you and you hear uh, Jack explain it. This is the song that turned the director onto the band in the first place.
2: Who directed <laughs> that? Yeah, oh, oh,
1: that's right. I listened to the interview. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes.
2: All right, and that was number one. I like to done. pose as a
1: pop music critic in my spare time. When I'm not what making voice te- is that when I'm not making television appearances oh you know what that's just
2: jealousy coming out dude that's just jealousy I know what you're trying to do right now you're trying to fire me what? up Finish your goddamn list people stop listening
1: number
0: two Turn on your-
1: Hypnotize me!
2: <laughs> Every time you try to sell this, I love this song. Me. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. That was from the Mosaic album, wasn't yes, it? Yes, <laughs> it was.
1: See, welcome back.
2: I can't even. All right, so number one's got to be "Everybody Have Fun Tonight," right?
1: Well, but here's the here's the sad thing. First, Jack Hughes tells me in the podcast they're not going to play "Hypnotize Me" on this tour. Ooh, really? You, it was awful. You heard hypnotize
2: him? Hypnotize me, stare in my eyes. I'm getting sleepy! Massaging your thighs! <laughs>
1: <laughs> I love that. Okay, here you go, bastard. Number one. Number one!
2: Oh. you know what when i creep up on you and cut your jugular i <laughs> want that song to be playing <laughs> oh, all right great. good list my friend number uh, one to live and die that is a great great song very moody perfect for that uh, motion picture
1: i love the fact that um the director specifically asked him not to write a song called to live and die in la and he did it anyway. Yeah. That's
2: the Wang Chung. Well, he was inspired uh, by the movie. That's where I'm
1: Inspired M- by the movie. That's the Wang Chung story.
2: Hey, Sean, what are you doing? Creep up behind me. Oh, don't worry about it. I'm just going to cut your <laughs>
1: steak. <laughs> 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 Stop talking. I'm not be able <laughs> to sleep anymore <laughs> after this podcast. Hey, that's all we got. In the meantime, Jack Hughes, myself, Sean Daly, with his steak knife, remain here firmly stuck in the 80s.
2: Duck in the 80s is produced by the St. Petersburg Times and TampaBay.com.
1: Read the blog at blogs.tampabay.com and remember to subscribe to the podcast at iTunes.